Hello, Collateral Gaming listeners. Chazzle Dazzle here from the Trial by Air Variety Show podcast. I just wanted to take a few seconds to invite you guys over to what we do. No, it's not video games, but we do invite really awesome and unique bands from all over the world. We dig deep into their souls and find really cool stories to tell you, and there's tons of music every week, so subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcast. We look forward to having you. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Megan Gomez. This is Collateral Gaming. Happy holidays and welcome to Collateral Gaming, the only video game podcast that matters. We focus on good games, bad games, and everything else in between in the world of gaming. Guys, we are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So, hell yeah, uh, Christmas was pretty cool. What, what do you think, Megan? Yeah, uh, you know, for me, I, I've had a lot of people agree with this too. Christmas has been a little bit off this year, but it was still fun. I uh, got to celebrate with family. I did lose a family member this year, so it was a little little difficult for me, but uh, we hung in there, and um, my husband's grandma flew in yesterday, so we're eating some El Salvadorian food and getting our bellies nice and full and hanging out with her while we can and uh, just waiting for the new year to kick in so we can get into 2022, you know, all the fun <laughs> stuff. <laughs> what about you? I'm optimistic about 2022. I mean, not a lot came out this year in 2021, yeah. in the you know, gaming wise. So, um, I'm I'm optimistic. You know, I said Christmas was pretty cool, but I, I mean, it's it's been all right. I unfortunately haven't been able to spend Christmas with my daughter yet because my ex-wife tested positive for COVID. So we're oh no. Yep. So I haven't gotten to spend it, but we've postponed it. I did get one of the games that we're reviewing this season for Christmas. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was that was good. I got Hellblade into a saga. You know, it was on my wish list because we we're going to do it. So yeah. I'm glad someone got that for me. I don't know. We've still yet to do the gift exchange. So there's, there could be more gaming related Christmas stuff. Mainly, yeah. I'm just really excited to watch my daughter open her presents because that was the one thing I wanted to do. That's what I was most excited yeah. about. And I haven't gotten to do it yet, but it, it's going to happen. It's just postponed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hate that whenever Christmas is delayed. We had the same thing. I ordered a whole bunch of stuff and all the stuff for my in-laws didn't come in. So we just felt like jackass is just sitting there opening our presents and nobody else, you know, is opening presents because ours weren't here in time. Like his mom, like her nickname is the Terranator. So like we got her a Terminator mug and nothing, nothing is here. So I'm like, Hey, Terranator, you lost your hand. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's okay. We'll, we'll hang in there and I'm just excited that, you know, it'll get here eventually. Shit happens. Yeah. Did you get anything gaming related? Any new games or accessories? Oh my god, I did, and I totally forgot to show you. It's in my pocket. I'm still in my scrubs, guys. It's fine. Um, <laughs> my brother-in-law got me a Triforce knife. Nice! It's a pocket knife, so it's my new everyday carry. I love it so much. I open everything with it. Um, and I freaking... Uh, yes, it's it's so nice. And the blade is like perfectly sharp. If y'all don't know, um, I'm obsessed with anything that has a knife blade on it. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem. Remind me not to piss you off. <laughs> yeah, it's a problem. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's that's my favorite gaming related item. Other than that, um, Alan, I was gonna get me something for the Switch, but it was back ordered. Um, I think it was like a um new carrying case or something. It was like a bigger one than the tiny small one that you can get. So um, mm. he was gonna get me a bigger case so we can carry stuff when we go see Elena and everything. Um, but other than that, no, no, nothing else gaming related. I haven't been playing, um, you know, besides stuff for the podcast, just because my PS4 has been overheating like crazy and it's not really wanting to play anything. Um, and you know, we've been so busy. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, oh God. And I've been wanting to play, especially like horizon and, you know, play some of the newer games. You know, I, like I said, in the, in the last episode, I'm not really playing COD anymore. So I don't play the Xbox as much, but that one gets used for mostly streaming services anyway. So yeah, definitely. Well, I think that's, yeah, that, that's about all I got so far. Um, got a lot of clothes. Yeah, me too. I <laughs> got most of the clothes this year. But when you're an adult, you're like, hell yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah, I got a new pair of sweatpants and I'm like, hell yeah, man, let's go. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's kind of a, a mark of maturity there when you're excited about socks or yes. something, you know, like <laughs> I get fuzzy socks every year. It's my favorite freaking thing. I'm like, more pairs of fuzzy. Let's go. Fuck yeah. Well, anyway, we are here to talk about The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Uh, this is mm. part two. So if you didn't mm-hmm. listen to part one, go ahead and check it out. To be honest, though, I, I suppose you could really listen to these in any order, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to go backwards, that's fine. You're just going to go back in time to us talking more and more about COVID. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, last time we kind of touched on the overall gameplay, the dungeons. Yeah. One thing I wanted to take, uh, and even some of the items, but one one thing I wanted to really take a look at in this game, because it's spectacular, it's definitely worth talking about, is the story, uh, the characters. I mean, I I know you've got a lot to say about that. Yes. Oh my God. This game is one of my top five of all time for a reason. Um, You know, all the other games, they don't get as deep as Twilight Princess does. It gets deep and dark and it's, you know, like Majora's Mask is heavy, but because of the way that this game is animated and the way that it's carried and the way that you go through the game, it feels darker and heavier. It's it's almost like a depression kind of thing. And it, it really just sucks you in and you're just like, man, like, is, is anything ever going to be okay? Am I just going to be surrounded in a shroud of Twilight forever? Like, <laughs> there's just so much about this game and, um... Y'all can hate me as much as you want, but to this day, Minna is bae. I fucking love Minna. Like, I cut off, I don't know if y'all have seen any of our posts, but um, I had really long hair before, and I cut off eight and a half inches, and I am ready to throw some temporary hairspray in my hair and turn into Minna right now. Right the heck now. <laughs> I love her <laughs> so much. Plus, you know, Epina is a little bit more, um, a little bit more charismatic in this one. I feel like she's more mm. uh, giddy, and you get more like reading into her. You can actually talk to her. Yes, yes, when you're in your wolf form. So mm-hmm. you know that's kind of a, a a big one. I think that's something we didn't mention last time. But in wolf form, Link can talk to animals. So it's actually kind of fun. <laughs> it is. It is. I feel like this game, you know, it has a lot of dark moments, but it also has a lot of the cutesy moments that I love in games, like the little tiny things that that developers think of at the last minute that you're just like, oh, my God, you can hold a cat. You can talk to your horse. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And I love that. I mean, yeah. I mean, Zelda's always full of those lighthearted, goofy moments as well. I mean, even even in this game, there's no shortage of it. Mm-hmm. I love uh, the postman in this game. is such an animated character. <laughs> <laughs> I made me think of the- hey! So, um, <laughs> so um, 
I know we already got over the fact of Christmas, but Alan got a rifle bag for Christmas and it stands really tall, but it's got backpack straps and it's really tall and boxy and he's lifted up his shoulders and he looked like the postman and I could not hesitate sending it to the group chat. <laughs> yes. I could have sworn I killed Ash for a second. He was dying. That he was, was amazing. <laughs> I was like, it's Alan the postman. <laughs> you know, uh, the, the postman uniform is one of the costumes in Hyrule Warriors, actually, for Link. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, the post oh, the postman's uniform God, from Twilight that. Princess. Um as long along with like Link's Twilight Garb that's in the game and a lot of the other stuff. But Can uh we just talk about that though, because I feel like <laughs> this tunic is the elite tunic. Like this is the one that's just like like whenever you think about cosplays, like you think of like the Walmart Link one, and I'm sorry, but that's like Ocarina of Time, and this one is like cosplay.com. Like it's like ready to go, four hundred dollars. Like you're dropping some money on it, baby, but it's nice. Like this is my favorite tunic for Link. It's it's very detailed and it's a dark emerald green, so it's more deep colored, which really like brings out his like his complexion and his hair. And I just I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, I le- I enjoy this. Uh, this version of the hero's clothes as well the most I think because yeah uh, well first of all it was the first time that they really went realistic with it you know including chainmail yeah. underneath the tunic um, mm-hmm. I think that was important uh, the tights looked a little less like tights and more like pants mm-hmm. um, Twilight so like, I'm a girl <laughs> <laughs> Skyward Sword kind of expanded on it but mm-hmm. um, I always I always enjoy the design in Twilight Princess more just because it's more realistic. It's, it's a little gritty. The color just is really nice and complements him well. Uh, it's really, what's really odd to me though, is that Link's hair is colored blonde in all of the promotional artwork, but in the game, it's more of a light brown or like a brunette. It's like a dirty ash blonde, yeah. It's like a dirty ash blonde. It's it, 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 yeah. it's pretty much exactly what my hair looked like a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now that you mention it, yes. <laughs> So, you know, I, yeah, it, it definitely is. I, I thought that was pretty odd. I think uh, Smash Brothers, to this day, is still kind of, well, sorry, no, 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 the latest Smash Brothers didn't. But even uh, both Bra- uh, Brawl and Smash 4 pretty much mm-hmm. reused this Twilight Princess design. I mean, yeah. the, the Smash on, on uh, for Wii U and 3DS, I think they started to try to incorporate some of the Skyward Sword aspects, but it was still mainly based on this design because... You know, Breath of the Wild, of course, was a whole new dynamic. But for a while, yeah. this was kind of like the definitive Link. <laughs> yeah, this is like the the elitist Link. This is like the t- like even like the Zelda is is more like like the other one. She's more like help me, oh my god. And this one, she's more of like an actual like you see like the regal princess that you expect. I feel like what if you were to expect an, a Zelda game, like coming into it not knowing, thinking. This would be the perfect game because Zelda is this beautiful regal princess and she has these wonderful like dresses that she wears and Link looks like, you know, a proper hero and he's all set up and ready to go. Even even Epina's tack is just so much more like it's not just like, oh, it's my farm horse. It's like this is my pony and I ride her across the Gerudo desert bitch <laughs> like it's just it's more and i and i do like that there's more realism in this one because i'm I, that's kind of kind of my style of game and i feel like this one is kind of like I, i've only played a little of it like i've said you know i haven't really tried to delve into breath of the wild until things calmed down for us because we've been hunting and you know grandma's in town and everything um but i feel like this was kind of like the pre predecessor like setup for the style that breath of the wild was trying to follow and what i kind of wanted zelda games to follow after this because this one is just it took me by storm for sure like this is 
I all of my favorite fan art, all of my favorite, you know, like moments are from this game. Like this one just it captured me for sure. Yeah. No, no, that that for me as well. I mean, for a while this was my favorite Zelda game and then I went back and played Majora's Mask and I was like really like what Majora's doing and then Breath of the Wild had to come out and just be really fantastic mm-hmm. so you know Twilight Princess kind of got pushed down and over the years I sort of was like I don't know if I like Twilight Princess or Wind Waker more I mean I, I kind of like them equally so I think they're like tied yeah. for second place for me like I, I would say you know that would make Twilight Princess my second favorite Zelda game along with something else and and behind something else but <laughs> yeah yeah but no, it's definitely up there because, you know, like I said, I, I enjoy the the realism. I enjoy the darkness. Uh, there's so many dungeons mm-hmm. and so many cool items. Yeah. The, the world is huge, at least for the time. When it came out, I mean, it was big for a Zelda game. It was the biggest Zelda map yeah. so far. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And also something I did, I totally forgot to tell you, is actually they advanced the AI a little bit more in this game than they did in Wind Waker. So I think that's another reason why I like it more, because the game is a little bit like Wind Waker, like going back and playing it, like as I got older, it felt a little bit more childish to me because it wasn't like as focused as like the gameplay is in this one and the fighting style is in this one, because this one's more like, okay, go, 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 go. It's not just like, oh, hey, look, I can dodge an attack. Look, I can dodge an attack, which is all you do in Ocarina of Time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, and it actually expands on some concepts from the Wind Waker. Um, in the Wind Waker, they introduced the parry, uh, which actually yeah. are the backslice and the helm splitter. But um, in this game, rather than just having it 
hit A with the correct timing, um, the Helm Splitter and the Black Slice are now independent moves that you can perform separately, along with the other hidden skills. I mean, I think we we touched upon the one- ending yes. blow already, but... Yes, that is one of my favorite parts of the game is when he approaches you and he just, the, the skeleton, oh, it's, it's just a beautiful, because it's like the hero shade. It's like, yes. And it's one of the little tidbits you pick up in the game, like how, um, for example, like uh, Cal in Star Wars, how he has the memories. It's a cool little like, hey, here's an extra tip. You can do this now. And you're like, oh, cool. <laughs> and the hero shade is Link from Ocarina and Majora. Yes. That's the yes. same one, the hero of time. That was confirmed later with Hyrule Historia, but we always knew. And he felt regret because he wasn't remembered as a hero. The land of Hyrule forgot about him. I uh, mm-hmm. never knew what he was up to because he went back in time and prevented it all from happening. And Majora wasn't, I mean, Termino wasn't a real fucking world, apparently. So <laughs> it's fine. It's casual. <laughs> Looks like my life had mounted to nothing. God damn it. But it is cool <laughs> to see like two versions of Link interacting with each other you know I, I i think i really do enjoy that and you get a little bit of insight into i guess what link's personality is Mm -hmm. more so than we normally than we normally see but um yeah and the hidden skills themselves are really cool there's an epic feeling every time you learn a new one you're excited and then getting to pull them off in combat just opens up so many more possibilities um other than the uh the helm splitter and the back slice and the ending blow you know you also have got the shield bash uh yes. what what else the great spin the mortal draw <laughs> yes the jump strike yeah i think the shield bash was the hardest for me though i could never get that one right ever really yes it took me like 10 tries my first time because i just could <laughs> i could not get it like the timing was so off but every other one i got perfect i was like huh okay oh because you gotta yeah you gotta shield bash the projectiles back yeah but it, it's it you have to shield bash before you do a helm splitter. But that's just so fun to just flip over someone's head. I mean, I love fighting the dark nuts, for instance, because all it is is hidden skill after hidden skill after hidden skill until you rip off all of their armor, mm-hmm. bit by bit. It's so much fun fighting the dark knights, the dark knights, the dark nuts in this game. Uh, more fun than the iron knuckles were in in Ocarina and Majora for sure. Yes. Well, I mean, plus, like, I, I, I love the Bacoblins. Like, they're just, <laughs> you're like, what is this thing? And then there's, they're just, like, running. Like, I, I remember there was a save that we had in the GameCube, and it was, like, almost all the way completed where you can kind of, like, run all the way around the map and just kind of mess around. And that's the one thing I do miss about games. Like, this is, like, you can get to a certain point in the game where you can just kind of free play if you keep it at a certain point on a save. And I would just run around Hyrule Field and kill Bacoblins all day. And the and the and, <laughs> nice. and the what's it called the buzzards? I don't know. I remember what they're called off the top of my head right now. The birds. The uh, see the 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 bats are the keys. The birds are are uh, are Kargorox uh, Karger, or something. Yes. Yes. Okay. God. I was like, I was trying to say Korg. <laughs> and I know in Zelda, uh, anything that ends in rock is is actually a. Uh, a, a, a bird of some kind um, mm-hmm. or I guess in some cases a dragon that Long works too birds according to scientists are very similar <laughs> um, so yeah I mean you've got uh, the, the Kargoroks Helmorok King and uh, the Argorok the one mm-hmm. of the bosses in this game uh, Stal is another one anything the Stal is like a skeleton type enemy if it yeah. ends in Fos it's a humanoid enemy Lazalfos Stealthos. Yeah. So there, there, there are some, uh, some running 
things. Anything that ends with blin is some sort of goblin, bokoblin, mm-hmm. bulblin. Uh, this game introduces the bulblins and King Bulblin, who you fight like three three separate times or four separate times. I think it's four. It is four, isn't it? Yeah. Twice on horseback, twice, uh, you know, hand to hand or, you know, sorting or whatever. <laughs> oh, I think that's one of my favorite parts in the game is when you're fighting Ganon on the bridge. Uh-huh. Oh, God, that that just the way that they built that fight is just so theatrical, and it's very, very well constructed. And then Zelda's like, ah, oh, my God. <laughs> You're like, where the fuck are you going? What are you doing? She's like, <laughs> I'm going to go with Zora's bitch. <laughs> what? <laughs> Excuse me. I, I do enjoy the final boss fights of this game quite a bit. Um, I mean, first you start off with uh, Ganon's puppet Zelda. So Zelda's mm-hmm. like being possessed by Ganon, and it's just Dead Man's Volley. Yeah. But, um, you know, you know, which is where you keep hitting the energy thing with your sword a bunch of times, not dissimilar to Gan- Ganondorf yeah. and Ocarina. But um, after that, then you fight Ganon in his beast form as, as Ganon, yeah, you know, and his fucking terrifying, <laughs> huge, ginormous boar. But instead of being bipedal, you know, they decided to go for just a full feral Boar, which pig. makes <laughs> sense because we could consider that to be like his twilight form. Like yeah, Lynx is a yeah. wolf. Yeah. And that's one thing that we didn't really touch on is like um, the desperation that Link feels and the, the just the complete sadness that he feels when he's first a wolf. Mm-hmm. And something that I want that I just love so much is the the piercings in his wolf ears that continue into his oh, human form. Yeah. Like, I love that. And I love, love, love the piercings. Like, I just, like, I wanted a dog to look like that forever. And then I realized it's, like, pretty much fucking cruel. Like, I was a kid. So, of course, I'm like, man, I want to make my dog's ears look like that. And then I would get my poor dog. I would put <laughs> fake piercings on her ears. It wouldn't hurt her. But she'd be, like, just scratching at her ears. Like, Mom, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Wolf, Wolf Link is actually kind of cute, too, sometimes. You know? He, he's he, adorable. He gets all excited when he digs shit up. And he's like, hey, guys, look. <laughs> and he twists around in a circle sometimes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, I wanted a husky for the longest time just because of Wolf Link. Like, I was like, man, you can get a husky that looks like that. And then I realized how much they shed and how much they scream. And I was like, mm, no, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. I'll stick with German Shepherds. <laughs> Wolf Link was so popular that uh, they, they brought him into Breath of the Wild with an Abibo. Yes. So that, that I heard about that. I haven't been to that point yet, but. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You can just summon Wolf Link into the world and um, he... Acts like a wolf. Does wolf things. Chill, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, just this, the story of this game is something. I know that this game is, you know, a lot older than some of the games we've talked about recently, um, especially as far as, you know, like Breath of the Wild and other things like that. But this one is such a notable game. Um, it's Nintendo did such a good job on this game, and it is just fucking phenomenal. I mean, you can't you can't do better than this one besides Breath of the Wild. Like, I know that, you know, you can't get past the classics like Ocarina and Wind Waker, um, and of course Majora's Mask. Like, who doesn't fucking love Majora's Mask? But <laughs> that there's just this, this game holds its own kind of candle, and it's in its own way in the Zelda universe. And it's just it's so pretty. And the story, you know, you get to see two different parts of you know Hyrule. Um, you know, you get to see the Twilight Realm, and where it's just cast in this complete utter darkness. And then you get to see the beautiful light of you know Hyrule Field and the Zora, and you know you get to see the lake. Um, it's just, it's just, a, it's such a pretty fucking game, man. It's like, it like is. I said in the last episode, it's a beautiful disaster of a game, but it's so worth it. So worth it. 
the world is beautiful. I mean, it's still, in my opinion, it still holds up quite a bit, um, especially if you're playing the HD version of the game. I mean, they kind yes. of tweak it up a little bit and make it look a little bit better. Um, we, we, we started kind of talking about some of the characters here, but we didn't uh, really get into it. I mean, Minda, you said, is, is, is one of your favorite characters in the Zelda series, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's she's an existential part of your of your playthrough in this game. She helps you go through the game. She really gives you a lot of life advice when you're going through some shit. Yeah, she's your Navi, but not nearly as annoying. Less annoying. Yes. Or, or, or your Fi and not nearly as annoying. Ugh. Not as helpful in some ways, but she's actually a character in the game that's more than just filling this role. I mean, she is actually an integral part of the story. She is the eponymous character. Yeah. The Twilight Princess. Yeah. And she's the princess of Twilight, you know, and her human form, by the way, my Lord, she any fucking day, any fucking day. (laughs) Um, She's so sassy and she's great. And like I said before, I mean, she totally has a relationship with Link in this game. I mean, it's obvious. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And and just sort of, you know, over the course of the story, you know, at the beginning, she's definitely manipulating him and she admits to that. But, you know, towards the end of the story, you know, she cares about him and she she loves him honestly i mean you can tell and she's even you know caring about the world of light and not wanting it to fall at ruin so minda undergoes a tremendous character arc in this game yes and it's it's weird to see a zelda game that that kind of tricks you because like you really think in this hyrule that you know Link and Zelda are together like in every other game, but it's actually him and Midna. Like you can, you can feel the, it's not so much like a romance, but you can feel the, the love for each other. They yeah. have this like complete, they, I mean, they've been through everything. They've been through a prison cell. They've been through, you know, fighting, you know, all of these crazy monsters going through all these dungeons together. And she's just always there with you. Um, and that's something you don't really get from Zelda in this game. Zelda's kind of just like, she's important, but she's like a side character almost. She's not as important as in other games. Yeah, definitely. Zelda, although she's portrayed really well here, I would say, in terms of, yeah. you know, like confidence and, and uh, the way she carries herself. She's not nearly as involved in the story. She's very stoic. Yeah. When she does appear. So, you know, you didn't really feel that. I mean, Link does have a competing love interest with Ilya. That That's a strong contender. I mean, that's like his childhood sweetheart, it seems like. Yeah. But they could just mm-hmm. as easily be best friends. You know, it, it's, yeah. kind, it's kind of open to interpretation of how you feel about it, you know. Obviously, he yeah. doesn't end up with Minda. She leaves forever to the Twilight World. And you could see that just the total desperation. And, you know, he's, he's yeah, broken up about too. it. Yeah, yeah, they're both very, very upset about it, and, you know, I. You, but the thing that I think I love more about Twilight Princess is, like, there's a lot of games out there where the woman is just like, oh my god, help me, and fucking Zelda's like, no, I'm gonna wear a fucking mask and become chic, <laughs> I don't give a shit, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, like, she's she's a very powerful woman in this game, like, she, it's not, it's not as much shown, it's not as much shared in this game, but she's She's very powerful and she she holds herself to a different standard. And I think that's another reason why you don't really see as much romance with Link as you do in other games, because she's more focused on leading her kingdom and and becoming the queen that she she wants to be. She's not focused on a man. She don't need a man because she's over here acting like a damn man in the Gerudo desert. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what's funny, too, is if this Link is the descendant of the hero of time, we know that. And he didn't mm-hmm. grow up in nobility. He grew up in the rural area of Warden Village. 
and that, I love Orphan Village. Oh my god, so much. <laughs> does that mean does that mean Link from Ocarina, the Hero of Time, ended up with Malon? I mean, she sure as he, he sure as hell didn't end up with Zelda. Uh, his yeah. descendant wasn't born into nobility or anything. I mean, unless he was whisked away to this town or whatever, kind of like an ocarina. But I don't know. It, it kind of just the, the whole rural setting to me, me, me seems almost to suggest that maybe, maybe Link and Malon ended up together. Yeah, yeah. Link is definitely even even when he's in his f- human form and in Castletown, he's treated like an outsider. People are like, oh, hey, Link. They're not like, oh, my God, it's Link, like our future king. <laughs> you know, like, that's just, there's nothing like that. He gets treated like the outsider boy that he is. And, you know, he sleeps in a fucking tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he grows up outside of what is, I guess, the legal Hyrule Kingdom. Because they mentioned that early in the story. Russell says something yeah. to the effect of, you've never been to Hyrule. So, I guess the Orden province is... Not it's like technically within the boundaries, but it's not it's like, like a county l- legally within the actual yeah. jurisdiction of Hyrule Kingdom. I mean, or something. I don't know. Um, I, this game is, by the way, divided into actually, I guess, six provinces in general, but four of them mm-hmm. are based on the light spirits. So you have uh, Ordona, Farron. Is it? It is Farron, isn't it? Farron, yeah. Farron, Lanayru. And Elden. Yeah. These actually, those names actually end up getting reused in Twilight Princess. Uh, Farron, Lanayru, and Elden are dragons. Or not Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword. They're the dragons. I was going to say, what? <laughs> uh, Elden, Volcano, Farron Woods. Yeah, the Farron Woods. And, yeah, the, and, you know, those are recurring names within the Zelda franchise now, so. Yeah. Yeah, this game is definitely an inspirational piece for the rest of the Zelda games. I, I like the light spirits. I like to think that maybe they are like reincarnated versions of the three dragons or whatever. Um, and they seem to be the guardian deities. I mean, we don't see the Deku Tree or uh, anything related to Jabu Jabu like Jaboon yeah. was. Uh, we don't see uh, dragons. So I, I feel like, besides Argarok, but I, so I feel like in this Zelda game, I mean, the light spirits are the guardian deities this time around. It kind of, it, it kind of instills this feeling like maybe there's always, you know, versions of them. And I don't know, are they in some way connected to the goddesses since they care, you know, share similar names to Farron, Den, and Nehru? I mean, true. Yeah. I, it, it, I mean, it all just depends. I mean, it, it's kind of like, you know, with normal, normal human society here it's like you know like there's god or gods you know everybody has their own depiction so this might even be their their depiction of, of who the deities are and that's just the way that it's been and the way that it will be and that's the way that they present themselves to this version of hyrule too yeah well the, the goddesses are mentioned but um yeah. and within with that throughout hyrule there are like there's a whole pantheon of deities i mean uh the uh, gerudo tribe have their own like sand goddess uh the the goddess hylia Seems to have been forgotten about, you know, since Skyward Sword and nobody really talked about her. And then all of a sudden in Breath of the Wild, Hylia worship is back. Yeah, it's it's very strange. It's 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 almost like a oh, what's the name in Skyrim? Oh, you know, like the the outrage in Skyrim with the um, Talos, Talos worship. Oh, Talos. Yeah. 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 It's weird. Bringing in Skyrim to every fucking episode. (laughs) 
And and while not sorry. Castle Town itself and Hyrule Castle remains a bustling center of activity. You know, some of the other regions of Hyrule definitely seem to be ruins. And, uh, yeah. you know, Hy- Hyrule just seems to kind of have more of a, a loose kingdom in this iteration. Yeah, it seems like more people... Because, I mean, like, there's a lot of population in Castle Town, but it feels like there's more in the outskirts in the rural. It's it's almost... I know this is going to sound weird, but it's almost like Texas and the big cities. You know, like, there's a lot of people out in rural towns, and there's a lot, you know, less people... It's populated in the city, but when you add up all those rural towns, you're like, oh, my God, there's actually a lot of people there. Um, and it's, it's very, very strange, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, you've got Kakariko Village, which is... Uh, Kakariko is actually a Western style town in this game. Yes, I love that so, <laughs> so much. It has like a Western style uh, redux of of the original theme of the Kakariko Village theme, or Kakariko Village theme. I love Kakariko so much. I know <laughs> it's cool. Um, you know, and and uh, I guess the Gorons kind of have their own society, but it's it's yeah. all within Getting the mountain. mountain. Yeah, Zoro's domain is virtually the same as it was in uh ocarina i guess (laughs) yeah they they don't really i mean zora's never really venture out much but i mean it it all just kind of depends on on the game that you're playing but yeah in twilight princess they're 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 kind of scared i guess of like everything going on especially with the twilight realm so they're just like "Mm -mm, i'm saying right here i ain't moving Mm -mm, no sir and then, of course, you have Gerudo Desert, where the Arbiter's Grounds is. I mean, we, where we get the history of the uh, the the, the P- Mendes people, the Twilight, and how they were banished. You know, they're these inter- interlopers that tried to use the Triforce for themselves, and, and they got banished yeah. to the Twilight Realm. So you've got this whole... I mean, we talked brought up Arbiter's Grounds before, but I love how it's just this, like, ghost prison, you know, <laughs> in the middle of a desert that's inaccessible, Except by exactly. shooting yourself through a fucking cannon. <laughs> I love that part. With the fucking hot air balloon. <laughs> yeah, and, and actually, I, I know this is going to sound so strange, especially for somebody like me, but there is actually a book that's kind of loosely based on, like, the Twilight Princess version of Zelda. Um, mm-hmm. It's called um, Goddess of Secrecy, and it's like a fan fiction. And I know that sounds totally weird for me, but it's so good. And it's literally like almost like a depiction of like what could happen if Link had somebody traveling with him. And I wanted to bring it up because like I haven't brought it up in other games because like this is like the main that it's based on. But if you get a chance, you need to check that out because it's so, so good that they haven't updated since like 2018, though, is the only thing that sucks. Like I've been waiting for years for them to update this book. It's so like I literally read it so much. Well, shit, I waited years for Ben Drowned to finish and eventually they finished that. So (laughs) that's true. That's true. Years and years. I mean, I I think it was like 10 years or some shit before we actually got uh Introducible to finish that shit up. What's what's the book called though again? Uh, it's it's called The Legend of Zelda: Goddess of Secrecy. Goddess of Secrecy, huh? Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, I like uh, for instance. I mean, there's several comics that are are they're not canon to the games, but they kind of have more uh, expanded backstories and and whatnot. Yes. And uh, so the, the Zelda manga have always been kind of cool. We're not going to talk about the cartoon. Yeah. Excuse <laughs> me, princess. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, also, like, this is the first time that, like, for me, especially growing up with Zelda, that, like, you get to see Link speak. And he's just, like, this jittery, like, he's, he's like Tom Holland in No Way Home. He's like, ah, 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 
and it's it's just it's so cool to be able to see somebody depict what they think Link would be like, and I fucking love it so much. Like I I, I the last chapter I read was chapter fifty six, but then, I mean it's like four five thousand words per chapter, so it's a pretty deep book. But I recommend that everybody check it out. I mean, hopefully with more people reading it, they'll actually update. Please, it's yeah, so good. For real. But um, <laughs> that sounds cool though. I'd like to check that out. Yeah. It's like I it's if someone were to like look for an inspiration for a new game, that would be what I'd want them to do. <laughs> is this <laughs> is this book right here. Right here. It's so good. It's like about like a long lost goddess and shit. It's like oh man, it's so good. So good. Princess is a game that could definitely translate well into a movie. I mean, if yeah. uh, there ever were to be a movie, I think they'd best be to, the best thing would be to start at like Ocarina of Time, but then do, you know, Twilight Princess afterwards. Actually, a TV series would be perfect with like one game per season. Like with The Witcher. Yeah, that would be the perfect way to do it. If Link were ever in a, in a TV series or a movie, I mean, obviously you can't have him be completely mute like he is in the games. I feel like he'd grunt a lot. 
I feel like he would be a mostly reticent character. Like you can't, you don't get a lot of his personality from the way he talks just anywhere in in the game where like he would normally be saying a response or the, 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 the multi multiple choice responses you can give. That's Mm -hmm. where he talks and it's just straight to the point. (laughs) Yeah. But he's mostly still a silent character. Or, like, hearing, like, his internal monologue while he's going through shit, like, walking through the fucking water dungeon. I'm going to pull this damn lever again. Like, I would just <laughs> love to see something like that. That would be so freaking cool. So freaking cool. Yeah, it would be. But, yeah, and th- this this Zelda game definitely is one of the most cinematic, if not the most cinematic. I mean, I don't know. Skyward yeah. Sword maybe slightly more cinematic but it's a little bit more cartoony though kind of like wind waker i feel like that one's kind of like like wind waker was like the predecessor to skyward sword for me this is like the predecessor to like breath of the wild and like future games skyward sword is kind of a hybrid between the styles of wind waker and twilight princess yeah breath of the wild is also sort of in between but kind of more on the side of twilight princess um they still use cell shading i think to make it kind of look vibrant and colorful but Mm -hmm. the proportions are realistic and and the amount of detail is just as realistic but i i I was just saying like in terms of like i guess like the story writing and the dialogue and whatnot yeah yeah that's true that's true but this game is is damn close i mean minda was the first character in the zelda series to actually have spoken dialogue even if it's all gibberish you know she's she can you get a sense for the way that she um the way she emphasizes certain words and her accent and her voice you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's the first one like you can kind of hear like whenever you like go to talk to a character like a gore on the air but like you don't ever get like the the feeling of like what their accent is like which is something that i i love so much about this game because you get more of a feel for the different kinds of people as you travel throughout hyrule you know like the the sand people are like oh you know the gorons are Arr! and then you know the zora's like mm. yeah <laughs> but you get more of a feel for like who these people are and it delves you a lot more into and it makes it more um intense it, it pulls you into the game more yeah, it does. And I mean, Breath of the Wild, you know, if you compare the cutscenes themselves, is obviously going to be more cinematic than anything else. But overall, as a game, due to the open world nature of it, you know, I, I would definitely They're argue Twilight yeah. Princess and uh, Skyward Sword are more cinematic in terms of the overall game. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, you get more cutscenes, more, more like dramatic entrances and shit like that. Well, it's just, you know, there's, there's, uh, yeah, there's, there's more going on. And, and Breath of the Wild, there's not nearly as much cutscene as to game ratio, I guess. The cutscene to game ratio is much, much, much wider, which is fine. It's an open world. I mean, you're going to have more, but you can easily envision a, 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 a game like Twilight Princess as a movie or a, or a TV season because of the way that the story flows. Yeah, and with the subtleties of the accents and everything. I mean, I can just imagine, like, so I can picture A-list stars right now that would be perfect as a Goron or somebody that would be perfect <laughs> as, like, a like the guy who plays... What's his name? The guy who plays Malfoy mm-hmm. would Tom be a Felton. perfect fucking Zora. Would be a perfect fucking Zora. <laughs> the, the, the Zora prince just... Mm. All Gorons are black. Nobody can convince me otherwise. They are yeah, all no. black. And they're all, like, they're, or, or Samoan. Samoan would be like perfect too. Samoan like, would work too. God, that's a terrible screenshot. <laughs> I didn't mean to take it. <laughs> I look all days like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that was actually yeah. an accident. I was trying to save the podcast. Um, 
Command S does something different. But yeah, I feel like they would be like Samoan or Black, just like, or like Polynesian or Islander or something, just because they're so like, Arr! and they're just always excited and fucking happy. Like Samoan. What's going on, happy. brother? Yeah, like, what's up, man? What's up, brother? <laughs> or, or maybe they just all sound like Hulk Hogan. I, I'd be okay with that, too. If, if Hulk <laughs> no, Hogan. Yeah, brother. <laughs> if Hulk Hogan just voiced every Goron. <laughs> But you know what's what's sad is because they're bald, the only person that I can see as King Goron is The Rock. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I'd like, you know what, too, though? Like, I go and I look at, like, Darudia, and I'm like, I don't know, maybe he needs to be voiced by Germs Earl Jones. Or Batista. Batista would be a really good Batista one, Batista would be a perfect Goron. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right, I need a movie with The Rock and Dave Bautista as Gorons and James Earl Jones and Hulk Hogan. Just throw them all in there. <laughs> we have one Zora, Tom Felton. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch as a Zora, I don't know. Who would the Sand People be? Uh, what's his the name? The Gerido. Well, they're all women, so. Yeah. And there uh, aren't any in this game. Zendaya. There we go. Done. Zendaya. <laughs> Zendaya as, Mid- as Midna as Zelda or Link, but we'll figure it out. No, we need someone with kind of like an Indian, like or, or Eastern, um, Asian design. Cal Gadot, she's more European though. I don't know. Someone for for Midna, we you know like you know kind of that that more Eastern feel. I don't know. Hmm. Priyanka Chopra. I don't know. I don't know who that is. <laughs> she's like she's uh. God, I don't want to be get this wrong and be wrong. I want to say she's she's not Pakistani. She's something like that. I know she's from she's from Middle East. Okay. Um, Middle Eastern. Feel, that's yes. that's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah. I guess Gal Gadot technically is Middle Eastern, but I don't know. Uh, she's Israeli. That's I. I Israeli, but she's Israeli. Is, Israel is just like right on the border slash outside. You know, when I'm thinking Middle Eastern, you know, I'm thinking more like Arabian. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Somebody with, with Arabian heritage would be perfect for, for Midna. Yeah. Especially because so. she's got such a deep complexion. Yeah. And she's got like this beautiful like olive tone underneath her her uh her her face whenever she's just like showing like the side of it. Like that would be like the perfect tone to like really accentuate, especially with the contacts. Oh my god, they'd look like someone with like that kind of like especially facial structure would be perfect. I mean, plus, I mean, just being able to represent all all different types of people would be just amazing. I'd love to be able to see that. The Zelda series could could do with uh, a lot of representation. I would love to see, <laughs> you know, just a little bit of uh, race swapping a little bit just to make, you know, because most of the Hylians seem to be white, don't they? They do. They do. <laughs> but I mean, if they were like a Nordic, I'd but, be okay with that. But for instance, the Gerudo, the Gerudo are definitely based on uh middle eastern culture so yeah yeah you know kind of like persian persian yeah yeah we're over here talking about a show that will probably never exist but it would be so freaking cool um one thing i want to want to mention is that twilight princess is obviously one of the more successful and, and acclaimed zelda games let's see holds uh 95 out of 100 or 96 out of 100 for the wii and gamecube versions respectively Oh, yeah. On Metacritic. So it was the highest rated game of 2006 on Metacritic. Yeah, and actually I couldn't even... HD only came out like five, six years ago. I was really surprised by that, especially because the game came out in what, 07, right? 
in the U.S.? Yeah. Yeah, 2007. Um, it received awards for Best Artistic Design, Best Original Score, and Best Use of Sound from IGN. Uh, both IGN and Nintendo Power gave it Best Graphics and Best Story. I mean, duh. Academy of Interactive Arts and Scientists said an outstanding achievement in story and character development. It received Game of the Year awards from Game Trailers, 1UP.com, Electronic Gaming Monthly, Game Informer, Games Radar, Game Spy, Spacey Awards. Fuck Kevin Spacey. Hmm. I don't know if that's actually related to him. I don't know. Uh, X-Play and Nintendo Power. <laughs> yeah. So this game receives so many freaking awards and it, it deserves every single one of them. Also, can I just state this is this before Breath of the Wild came out, this was the highest received Zelda game. It was the most sold Zelda game. Really? Yes. Yeah, the best selling title, huh? Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It, this was uh it was this was not only highly anticipated. I remember, you know, Wind Waker was my first Zelda game and shortly after I played that, I heard, started hearing rumblings about Twilight Princess, which had actually been in development for quite some time. I really didn't have to wait very long for it. It was already towards the end of its development cycle. But um yeah, Twilight Princess and Phantom Hourglass had already been announced, I think by the time I heard about oh, Twilight yeah, Princess. Yeah. So yeah. and that came out at, right afterwards, but I I remember just being so excited, and as soon as I played it, I couldn't stop. I was obsessed with this game. I played I it all obsessed. the way through. <laughs> I, I think I beat this one before I ever beat Wind Waker. To be honest with you. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And and like we've talked about before, especially with gameplay, but like even with story, like if if you're wanting to play a game for the first time as as like a one wanting to play a Zelda game, this is your go to. Yeah. It has a very intense story, perfect freaking tutorial, no way you can mess it up. It's great. It's great. It's a solid fucking game, you know? Uh, I guess we'll kind of get into our final thoughts here yeah. and, and wrap it up. But, um, yeah, I mean, well, what, what else do you have to say about Twilight Princess? You know, for me, I know that we always talk about, you know, graphics and, and audio, especially, you know, when it comes to games, because we're all audio and video files. We love them. <laughs> um, this game, even even in 2021, if you're playing the HD version, even the GameCube holds up so well for being the age that it is. And it's it's this beautiful graphic style that I haven't really seen besides like Okami. I don't know if you've mm. ever played Okami, but the, the style is kind of similar in that aspect. I haven't, and I've always wanted to. Yeah, so so the, the one that I remember playing on the Wii, this is a very similar style of graphic, and I haven't really seen a lot like this since. And I think it's such an underappreciated type of graphic. And um, I still listen to Midna's Lament from this day, like to this day now. Like, oh. It is one of my favorite piano songs. 100%. Ever. Twilight Princess has some of the best soundtracks of the entire fucking series. Deepest regret is not being able to see the the, the symphony when they came into town. Is I, I know they, they, they played the entire soundtrack to this game, and I've always always wanted to see them. That's one of my biggest wish list items is to see them so they can play one of the soundtracks from this game. Because I feel like out of all the Zelda games, this has the best, most beautiful ethereal soundtrack. It's very light and airy but it has a darkness and it just has this crisp you can feel the overall theme in every single song that you listen to and i, I might still, agree like, with I that yeah i might agree with to... that that this is the best soundtrack in the zelda series but you know for the same reasons that you mentioned the only thing that would make it better if it was fully orchestrated um and they didn't start oh, doing yeah. that until skyward sword i don't know if they redid 
that on the HD version or not. But fully orchestrated is always going to be better than synthesized. But mm-hmm. this soundtrack, in terms of, of 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 you know the actual songs, though, it's just just incredible. I love it. Um, like I said, Minna's Minna's theme is one of my favorites. It's probably my favorite Hyrule Field theme. Mm-hmm. Mallow Mart, like we said, is a banger. <laughs> I freaking I love it so much. There's just like, like the especially like even just the the opening sequence where it's do 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 and it just starts playing. I'm like, mm, you get to hear the whistle, and just there's there's just so much from this game that like all of the soundtrack is so pretty. I don't even know another word. It's just pretty. Okay, like <laughs> I love it so much. But overall, in all, there's a reason why this has been my tried and true for many, many years, and it still will continue to be. I'm sorry, Breath of the Wild. I like you so far, but you can't beat Midna and the the just the overall graphics and feel of this game. There's a there's just so much about it that the, the, what's not to love essentially at this point, you know. I would love to see a, a sequel to Twilight Princess that takes place in the Twilight Realm. Um, I would die for that. And they could do die. it in the Breath of the Wild style gameplay, but incorporate some of the mechanics of Twilight Princess, including the hidden skills. And if you go, if Link travels to the Twilight Realm, make it to where like Minna occupies the exact same role. She's just She just communicates with him telepathically because she has the power to do that as the Queen of Twilight or whatever, you know? Yeah, exactly. Then they had the opportunity too. They did. They had the opportunity to make a sequel. I think that you know it would be a cool project for Nintendo to pick up after the Breath of the Wild two. Is something to the to the to the feel of Twilight Princess. I feel like that's the next direction that they're gonna have to go because we got we got like the comical like pretty style of Breath of the Wild, but I feel I feel like we need more realism. You know, there's yeah. a lot of games that are going that direction, and I know that Nintendo is known for its comical, you know, light and airy graphics, but I really feel like to kind of drive it in. They really need another style of game like this because this game I know is a reason why a lot of people picked up a GameCube and a Wii is because they saw this and they saw the graphics and the fan art. And the, I mean, it, people just ran with it. it. It's very popular in the West, not so, as much in Japan, but the art mm-hmm. style of Twilight Princess is just, yeah, is, 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 is heavily uh, admired here. I agree. I mean, I liked the, uh, the HD tech demo that seemed to just be, you know, uh, an HD version of the Twi- of Twilight Princess graphics. You remember seeing that that uh, tech demo where Link was fighting Armogama and it looked it looked good as hell. And and you know that Nintendo has the capability to do this. And I think that maybe they might be waiting for a non portable version of a of a system. You know, because like the world is going that way, but people still, you know, with COVID, they might be changing direction. This would be a really, really, really cool sequel to do to build like, hey, you know, we're staying at home a lot more because of COVID. This is a cool game to play and, you know, be able to follow up on this and be able to, you know, that I mean, look at look at Metroid, you know, like Prime and and even this game. And there's multiple games that, that Nintendo has come out with that have a realism style. But I feel like they really need to try and delve into that world because they will kick ass at it. They will, honestly. I've I've said before, you know, I would love to see games done. If Breath of the Wild is the is the way that the gameplay is gonna be from now on. You know, we're gonna. This is the Breath of the Wild era, no longer the Ocarina of Time era, where all games are gonna sort of work off of that framework. I would love to see a Breath of the Wild style version of a sequel to Majora's Mask, a sequel to Twilight Princess, and a straight up remake of the first two Zelda games. Yeah. That's yeah. what I, I would mean, like to see. This game alone was the thirteenth installment, and I feel like you know, there's, there's just a, this, this one was like a really big torch 
for the following of of what came after this, including, you know, the different art styles that they used for, you know, um, promotions and, you know, the way that they they furthered the franchise with, you know, Zelda, because people are always going to love Zelda. You know, you tell you tell a 50 year old man that a new Zelda game's coming out. He's going to go spend three hundred dollars on a freaking switch to go play it. <laughs> yes. And I'm still going to do that. I'm going to be in a retirement home playing freaking Twilight Princess. I'm going to find a way to do it, even if I have to hack into a system to do it. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I mean, as for my final thoughts, I was really excited to play Twilight Princess again. I remember thinking about it and be like, mm-hmm. I can't wait to get back into the world. And I did. I actually I did months ago. I was already playing through the game and had already gotten through all of it. And now I'm already kind of like, huh, I kind of, you know, I would play again. <laughs> yeah yeah this is one that i could i could pick up after years and just feel like this 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 would be a comfort game for me you mm-hmm. know kind of like kind of like how horizon is which is why it was you know one of my one of my picks is because like i can pick up that game over and fucking over again and i fucking love it this game too and i think this game is really what inspired a lot of my gameplay um you know it's just this this beautiful realism with this just fucking ethereal soundtrack mm-hmm. and just being able to punch that home like that's that's what really really pushed me into all of these single player you know very beautifully graphic and, and harrowing story style games is is this this guy right here this link dude <laughs> fuck yeah i agree this is, let, me, let me just piss everybody off this zelda <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I Twilight Princess is definitely up there in my in my top five Zelda games. You know, I, I've already I've already pretty much announced its placing. I mean, it, it's tied for second place with Wind Waker. Uh, Twilight oh, yeah. Twilight Princess is a hell of a lot of fun for me. Um, but coming up next on Collateral Gaming, uh, we hope you all enjoyed the holiday season. Uh, in January, we're going to be talking about Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Uh, this was one of Zach's picks. Unfortunately, Zach yeah. wasn't on this part of the episode we uh it just didn't work out he was doing stuff and i just wanted to get this out of the way i mean it's already a couple days after christmas so i'm like let's get this let's get this done so um but uh yeah he'll be back for mario and luigi because that's his game i'm really excited i love the mario and luigi rpg series it's actually they're (laughs) they're a lot of fun for me bowser's inside story is actually my favorite but um, Mario and Luigi Superstar Superstar Saga is probably a close second. Um, thinking about uh, the, the series as a whole, uh, in February we are talking about Horizon Zero Dawn, and then in part <laughs> two, Horizon Forbidden West, we'll be doing a spoiler-free game launch edition. <laughs> Yes, I'm so excited. Y'all don't even know. Like I, y'all think I fangirl over this game and Skyrim. Like Skyrim, yeah, I fangirled a lot, but Horizon, y'all, <laughs> y'all, it is single-handedly the most beautiful game I've ever freaking played in my life. And you need to play the first game now before February comes, because this game it seems like a short game, but I guarantee you, to get a good playthrough, you're gonna need a minimum of 300 hours. Minimum. <laughs> I've already started playing through Horizon Zero Dawn again. I just started from the beginning. Um, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. So we'll be talking about both games. I'm really excited about it because Horizon is is honestly a lot of fun. There's a reason why it's such a it's a candle holder. It was game of the year. There's so many things inspired by Aloy. Y'all y'all need I, like I promise y'all like we will have like a whole entire thing go down on Patreon if y'all hype it up enough for me because I will fucking do it. Let's go. 
Fuck yeah. Uh, as far as uh, game launch episodes go, otherwise, uh, between January and February, I've got a couple of ideas. Not going to commit to them yet, so I'm not going to announce them yet, but <laughs> we yeah. are definitely doing Horizon Forbidden West, uh, and that's actually going to be part two of our uh, numbered episodes. And mm-hmm. also, uh, we are going to talk about, this is coming out at the end of February, so we'll probably be releasing our spoiler-free episode uh, at the beginning of March. And that's Elden Ring. Yeah, y'all will probably hear my brother in that one. He's super excited for this game. Agonies is, is, is almost definitely coming back, and we are actually planning to be a part of his live stream event uh, yeah. on the day of release. We'll rotate, I guess, and just kind of, you know. <laughs> Have a play-a-thon. I don't even know. It's going to be super fun, though. I, I really hope that y'all stick around and, and wait around for Agony, because y'all think that we get crazy in, in the in the podcast it gets insane when we're in a live stream together we get we make fun of each other we scream at each other we fight and it's it's not not actually <laughs> fight, but we just like we have arguments like you're stupid shut up i didn't ask you that's awesome <laughs> yeah yeah we get some really good familial moments whenever we do kind of stuff like this together so i'm really really excited i hope that y'all y'all get to hang out with us whenever we do that um agony will definitely be posting stuff and um, we'll definitely be posting stuff as that gets closer because that's going to be just so much fun Fuck yeah. Uh, to celebrate the holiday season, we do also have a uh, a direct, or not director's cut, <laughs> it's Collateral Cinema, a bonus uh-huh. round uh, episode, a holiday edition of the Collateral Gaming bonus round. Uh, that's already been recorded. I did it last night with Bo. We talked about our top three angry video game nerd episodes and uh, a review of uh, Home Alone games. So that was a lot of fun. We uh, we had a blast talking about it, and I'll have that out probably around the same time that I have this out. So, which I at the time of this recording, I'm I'm wanting to just go ahead and get these done like tonight, maybe. But I don't know. Maybe I'll release them tomorrow, depending on how lazy I feel. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> at least you're honest. At least you're honest to the listeners. Yeah. Well, by the time you're listening to this, it'll already been uploaded. So. <laughs> Meat merp. <laughs> but anywho, I guess that's all there is to say. Besides, uh, go check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So hit us up on our social media. You can also find us on Good Pods and on Patreon. We have exclusive video game Let's Play commentaries. Uh, we'll do more if we get more patrons honestly like when we have yeah, more patrons yeah. we'll honestly be more motivated to do it right now it's sort mm-hmm. of a side project but if it's actually making money shit Sugar. <laughs> we'd love to turn this into a career that's my hope with the podcast but at the very yeah. least keep it self-sustaining you know we spend what about 14 dollars a month posting this on podbean so uh if we if we even were, even were able to recoup that, that would be great. We could I mean, break even. That'd be great, guys. <laughs> we could be we could break even, and then we could start saving up money for you know better equipment and whatnot. So yeah, better equipment, save for tents to meet you guys at cons. I mean, whatever y'all want. I feel like I'm pretty funny, so. <laughs> but we have one dollar and five dollar tiers. Donate either amount, and you'll get access to the commentaries. If something doesn't work, let me know. If you want to be involved, we're definitely looking for guest hosts this month. I'd be happy to DM you uh, the list of episodes we're doing. So if, if you're interested in something, if you want to see us review something, definitely let us know. I mean, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, let us know. We for can sure. always throw in a game launch episode or a, or a, a bonus round or shit. Nothing set in stone. So 
Just hit us up. You can find Collateral Gaming wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to right now, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, you name it. And if we're not somewhere, we want to be there. So let us know. Exactly. I'll even edit a TikTok for you guys if you really want me to. I'll attempt it. Okay. (laughs) Um, We do have a Twitch account. So when we actually do take up live streaming, you can check us out there. Yeah. But I guess that's it for now but we hope you all had a merry christmas happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa happy festivus or if you don't celebrate anything we I'm hope you had a happy time happy time all the same uh i know i've had a good christmas despite the circumstances so <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah but any guys stay safe be happy that being said i'm ashley chancellor and i'm megan gomez this has been collateral gaming we are out Bye-bye. Collateral Gaming is a collateral media podcast. All music and game clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.